0: You're listening to the Job Interview Podcast. I'm Kristen Diane, your host, career coach, and content creator for all things small business, human resources, and recruiting. For more information on this episode, you can check out the show notes associated with this podcast or head over to thebossysauce.com. Welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, welcome to the job interview podcast. I'm Kristen Diane. And with us today, we have Tiffany Lowe, a UX designer. So I'm actually going to introduce Tiffany. And uh, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of job you'd be looking for in the job market? Yeah,
1: so um, again, my name is Tiffany, and I am currently in um, IT for a wholesale shoe company. Uh, My background is fashion merchandising, and I made the switch to go into UX, uh, UX design um, early June, I believe, of last year, so it's been fairly new. Um, I'm definitely looking to kind of apply in terms of like the mental um, wellness um area and yeah I'm excited to be joining in on this podcast with you so thank you for having me
0: Yeah well thank you for joining I I first want to say it is definitely a little bit of a brave thing to dive in and allow yourself yes. to be vulnerable <laughs> to this experience so it's thank you for that and um, for anybody who doesn't know what this experience is like, I'm just going to dive in and uh, I've already told Tiffany a little bit about this, but we're going to reiterate to Tiffany and I'm going to tell the audience what this experience is all about now. What are you listening to now? This is what this is. Is it's a mock interview intended to be just like a real interview? But what we're going to do is at the end we're going to provide that critical feedback that we don't necessarily get to provide as recruiters or get to receive as candidates in the interview process. Um, for many different reasons, uh, a lot of different reasons, companies don't like to, uh, recruiters to provide that feedback, and it ends up feeling like an empty experience for candidates and so that's what we're trying to provide today so it can be a learning experience both for tiffany um and for the audience listening and even for me as a recruiter because you know i like to receive feedback as well so let's <clears throat> so because this isn't an actual real interview there are a few alterations and guidelines we must follow And I've gone over these in advance with Tiffany, as I've mentioned before, but I want to go over them again to reiterate and also, you know, elaborate a little bit so you know what the experience will be like uh, as a listener or viewer today. Uh, Once the interview portion starts there's going to be no breaking of the fourth wall or breaking character for questions. Just keep going with the flow try as much as possible we know that it's a little bit of a wonky experience to work our way through, we will note that you know through the critical feedback section it's totally fine. I am encouraging Tiffany to ask all questions that she would normally ask and all dig from past experience or make up answers. And again, we want to keep this as authentic and real as possible, even if we fumble through it a little bit here and there. I will ask the compensation expectation question, but I want everyone to know that this will be a made up number if a number is even given uh it should be a number that could be within reason but not necessarily Tiffany's number per se or range um now if there are deal breakers or deal makers uh you know i definitely would encourage uh tiffany to to really delve into that and um, so, Tiffany, please, you know, be honest and open with this, because this is a, this is definitely a question that people really are curious about and how to handle when it comes to negotiations. And there's a ton of, uh, you know, people are constantly Googling and asking career coaches and recruiters about how to handle this question. So, again, if we fumble through it, that's totally fine. We'll dissect it in the in the um, review section. And. We we won't be covering immigration. It's the only piece that I'll leave out. It's just way too personal. And this will be a typical recruiter interview. And what I mean by that is most people who've, who've done a few of these understand what this is like. It's not necessarily a subject matter expert interview, but more of a generalist interview or a gatekeeper kind of interview. Interview. The interview piece um, should be more, should be around 20 minutes or so. So it'll be on the lean side because we want the podcast to not exceed about 40 minutes, given this little beginning section, the review section, and the actual interview. So to set the stage for the job, Tiffany has sent me her resume in advance. We've discussed jobs that she'd be interested in. I've actually curated or found a job online that looked interesting, but we're going to pretend that the company is a little bit more vague. So the job description um, she already has in hand. I'm actually going to include that job description in the show notes uh, as well as uh, on thebossysauce.com. And we've outlined the, the bones of what that'll look like. Uh, as far as company goes, and we'll go over that in the job interview as well. Um, The fake company will be represented as my real company, thebossysauce.com, but please keep in mind that my company doesn't do anything related to what we're referencing today. It's a career coaching and learning and development company. So uh, the company that we will be referencing is a tech company doing cloud-based AI, it's, again, fictitious, uh, but it's based in the New York City area, and um, it just received Series B funding. And so that's really, that's the that's it. I'm ready to go whenever you are. Are I'll, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So forgive my fake ring noise. Let's dive in. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, we're doing this on Zoom mm-hmm. today. It's my first time doing it yes. on Zoom. Okay. <laughs> So let's just pretend we just popped up on zoom. Okay. Okay, Hey, Tiffany, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for making some time. I appreciate you uh, booking in the calendar. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I I really appreciate your time as well.
0: Well, um, you know, I saw your resume and I saw the experience Mm -hmm. from Springboard. And obviously you came um, referred by somebody we really value as an employee. So I've been really looking forward to connecting with you. Um, I know Springboard really uh, uh, put some really fantastic candidates forward for us. And between that and then your recommendation, I just... I, I really couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get on this, this call today. Um, so thank you. yeah. Uh, the first thing that I just like to do is, um, tell you a little bit about who we are and then obviously mm-hmm. flip that in your direction and learn a little bit about who you are. So I'm just going to talk for yeah. about a minute or so and then, um, and then flip it your way. Does that sound like a good way to start? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, Uh, we are the bossy sauce.com. We're a startup around 50 people. We're looking to scale around 150 people in the next 18 months or so. Um, we just received our series B funding. So really exciting times here. Um, definitely, definitely a lot of growth. Uh, you know, it's very typical of that, that startup, um, environment. Uh, the role that we're looking to fill would be our, um, our, our third UX designer, the whole design team right now is consists of four. And we're actually looking, this would be our fifth person. There are a couple visual designers on the team as well. And um, so we're looking for somebody to work on our cloud-based AI platform and product suite. Um, and yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like, um, and it looks like you have an, an interest in product development prior to going to school at Springboard. How did mm-hmm. you learn that UX was a field that interested you? So, I I'm, I'm just want to dive in and ask that before I kind of have yeah. you give me a full overview.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, the tech industry and UX, um, even product design, uh, has been, I guess, very popular as of late um, for like the past couple of years. Um, and so my background is fashion merchandising. Um, I've been doing a lot of um, work in the wholesale side, working with buyers, um, building product for them, uh, presentations for them, and I feel like it's gotten to a place where I needed some kind of change. Um, but I knew that I loved working with people and especially making connections with people, just talking to people, um, and. Surprisingly, my brother actually um, just joined UX as well a little bit before me, and he also did springboard. Um, So when everyone, there was like a whole buzz about UX, um, I kind of like dipped my foot a little bit. Um, I took a free like online um, intro to UX course, and I was just blown away. I did not know that this was even um, a big thing. And you know looking into it i just was so like interested in building product and making um people's lives so much easier and being empathetic with people and just talking to my brother seeing the work that he's done um it made me kind of just take the leap um take a leap of faith and kind of just changed um industries and yeah this uh, like uh doing springboard has been um, a crazy ride. It's been so much fun, but um, yeah, I am so ready, and it's been really, really great experience. So, that's
0: awesome. I hope that answered your question. It did. <laughs> it did, and uh, and and so <clears throat> one of the things I do love about Springboard too is that it. Not everybody who has gone to the program has gone right from their bachelor's into that program, and um oftentimes people have kind of gone out and gotten some experience in in their Mm -hmm. careers elsewhere and then kind of came back and I think that provides a lot of value into that but I also means that that there is something when people have that kind of slight career pivot that there's something Mm -hmm. that really attracted them to doing that too so it's really thank you for sharing that that you kind of had like an aha moment when it came to to design um so it looks like you. Um, so, you're I'm just overall really curious about your ideal next job. What does that look like to you? And I'd I really mm-hmm. love for you to dive into everything from culture to company size to work and daily responsibilities, just an overall picture of what your ideal job is. Yeah. So, um, again, coming from a fashion industry, it's quite
1: different. Um, you know, I loved what I do and the experiences that I've had um, really shaped who I am as a person um, in, in the job field and personally as well. Um, but I figured I really want to, for my next career, I really wanted to actually like help people and make a difference in the world, um, do something that I am more passionate about and... Um, For the past couple of years, um, mental wellness and just all around in that scope, uh, really just um, hit home to me. Um, It's something personally that I have endured as well. Um, And I just wanted to make a change and, and kind of provide people that outlet and provide people more of like an understanding of how to tackle those things, and I figured, you know, changing fields, um, being able to be a UX designer, um, provide product and maybe develop product that, you know, people can use on a daily basis to really help them in their everyday lives. Um, I think that's my end goal. And that's where I'm aiming to go into. Um, And yeah, that's, that's, I guess, pretty much um, kind of what I'm striving for at this moment right now. So
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can tell that that um that the design has really attracted you because you're really connected to the the humanness of it. So that's really yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Um, which is really nice to see. The uh this position does require a lot of cross collaboration with engineer mm-hmm. with the engineering team. Can you tell me about any experience you have working with engineers, um, and providing cross functional support either either with engineering or with any other team
1: yes so again um this would be my first UX job so although I have never really collaborated with the engineer I am very fascinated to do so um just because I think that their work as much as um, UX designers and you know product designers are very important in trying to, make the actual product and design a product that works, um, it's the engineers who are pretty much building that um, and making it into life. So I think um, with that being said, it's really exciting that we get to work with engineers one-on-one on um, on a product that we're both uh, working on. Um, And as far as working with cross-functional teams, um, in my previous jobs, you know, in fashion, I've had to work with teams overseas uh, with South Korea, with China, uh, Vietnam. And a lot of the times I would work with our um, design team um, and our, um, I guess, CAD development team. And I would pretty much be the bridge of communication between everyone from my customers. So my buyers, Um, I would have to kind of implement the design um, to the buyers, um, talk about the cost with factories. So I'm pretty much a bridge of communication with all teams. Um, So I feel very comfortable and more than confident that I can take that experience with me and go into um, the UX world.
0: So Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, And tell me about your experience and comfort level with wireframing. Yes, a
1: lot of wireframing um, has been done in Springboard um, and it's been great. I mean, you know, wireframing really at the beginning of the stages when I first dived into it, um, I was like, oh, my gosh, everything has to be perfect. Um, and, you know, as every designer, we're all kind of perfectionists. We want to make every single thing like super aligned and just perfect um but i come to realization that you know it's the the point that you're trying to make so you know quick wireframes just to get your point across um is is more than um not more than enough but you know it it really helps people understand what you're trying to do um so a lot of wireframing is a part of the communication and in,
0: in, in my understanding awesome and um tell me about a time when you had a difficult customer client or coworker and what you mm-hmm. d- did to overcome that challenge
1: yes so um actually you know through my industry design project um where i was interning um, with three other ux uh, people it was really fun um the project was about um implementing um a touchless kind of um, app where it's sort of like Shazam, but this customer, this client um, wants to have everything touchless. So from elevators to um, buying product, to getting more information, to um, knowing what music there is when, you know, it's played and you don't know what song it is. Um, So everything is sort of like wireless touch. And so we had to design, onboarding screens we had to design basically redesign his whole entire app um and you know two of the designers were kind of clashing a little bit um and it's understandable because coming from you know a design perspective world like we all have our own opinions and we all and it's great because you know we all have such strong opinions because we're all really passionate about what we do and it was such a good experience for me to see that um, and to be that middleman um, to kind of mediate those, uh, the two designers and to kind of circle back and kind of reevaluate ourselves and, you know, kind of think, okay, we need to kind of have like a middle ground and an understanding. And we really have to, um, before being empathetic with clients and customers and users, we have to be empathetic towards each other because without doing that you know the communication is lost um and everything kind of just goes downhill from that um so yeah that was a really eye-opening experience and i guess looking back at it now in hindsight it was a fun experience um just to be able to kind of reevaluate ourselves and to help those two um, designers to really um, kind of remember why we're doing this in the first place and, you know, kind of reevaluate like our goals and our alignment with the client. So it was a fun
0: experience. (laughs) That's, I mean, sounds like you did a really good job kind of reeling that in. (laughs) Reeling it in.
1: We had four weeks, so I had to really, you know, reel it back in, but yeah, it worked out at the end, so.
0: And you you mentioned, you've, I've noticed you've used the word empathy a few times, and yes. I see you have experience with empathy mapping. And I must admit, I'm a little intrigued by this. Can mm-hmm. you tell me more about what this means?
1: Yes. So, I mean, I guess all in all, like in our everyday lives, you know, when people say empathy, it's like, what does that really mean? So it's kind of like having the understanding, listening to one another, really you know, understanding everyone has different perspectives. Everyone has their own alignment, but truly understanding their point of view. Although, you know, in a world where we live today, like we don't always agree with each other. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Everyone has their own ways of thinking. But I think empathy for me is really trying to just listen to other people Um See where they're coming from, and although you don't 110% agree with that person, um, it's okay. And you know, I think that's what makes really good UX, and that what that's what makes designers so great because we all have something to chip in. We all have um, our own kind of like ideas, and when we bring that together, um, that really creates that empathy for our users um so that's also something why um I chose this career and why I love why I love UX so much because we get to kind of experience that in the real world and it's um it's real it's it's what's happening out there um and yeah so creating like empathy maps um interviewing users talking to people getting getting the tea as I say um, I think is really fun and it's really fun to dive into how people think how they feel um, when creating a product and yeah and it's what it is I mean it's down it's basically down to that when we think about it Um, it's really what the users want how they feel about certain things and how do we uh, kind of like implement that into a design that they can use every single day and you know be happy and have some type of emotion while using that. So
0: hmm. that's really that's a really cool <laughs> perspective and way of looking at design. And thank you for sharing that. Um oh, thank you. <laughs> so I'm just gonna roll into logistics. My my first thing that I ask is Is It's probably one of the things that people are most curious about since post-COVID world, which is, is this remote? Is it a hybrid? How much do I need to go in the office? How much can I work from home? Mm -hmm. Do I want to go in? Do I not? So um, this role uh, is, uh, it is shaped in a hybrid form. The the office is... um, at a WeWork in Brooklyn, and it would be mm-hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays in the office, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from home. Is that something that you are open to? Yes, I actually prefer being hybrid.
1: <laughs> you know, you get a little bit crazy when you're in front of the computer for like 11, 12 hours. Um, and it's nice being in the office, getting to know your coworkers, getting to have like some social, um, like personal relationship other than just on a screen. So it's nice to have that hybrid.
0: Awesome. Great. Uh, and the next logistical question I have is the doozy. Um, it's the compensation one when it comes to an annual salary for a full-time role. Can you tell me a little bit about what you'd be looking for?
1: Um, I'd actually, would be looking for somewhere between 65 to 70. Um, just because I know, you know, the rate um, where I am right now in New York City. And um, with that being said, I am, apply- I am going into a junior role. Um, so I think that would be fair, fairly
0: compensated. Okay. Thank you for providing me that information. I think that's definitely doable. Um, and mm-hmm. just so you're aware, the benefits are fantastic for the job. I mean, for the size of the company and the fact that they're a startup, it's definitely not mm-hmm. big tech companies, you know, benefits, but um, it's unlimited PTO with a two week minimum plus a holiday closure, hundred percent paid medical dental vision. <clears> There's <throat> a flexible spending account for health, childcare and transit. A uh, 401k at four percent matching tuition reimbursement. There's also a home, um, office stipend, and yeah. So it's it's definitely, uh, and any, and if you have anything learning and development that you're interested in, it's a case by case situation. But they're pretty, mm-hmm. um, we're pretty good about like, uh, providing a good, robust learning and development uh, opportunities for people as well. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Great. Well uh so let me tell you a little bit more about what next steps look like So there would be uh three more interviews totaling about a hundred uh sorry one and a half hours of Zoom calls and four people total So it could take about two to three weeks to get through the whole interview process um uh, I'll send you a link after this call to book directly with, Jane, and uh, you can book in her calendar, like through a cal- Calendly link. Um, she would be your potential manager for this role. Uh, and there are no take-home assignments or presentations mm-hmm. with this position. So it's just uh, a few more calls like this, but really just deeper dives. And how mm-hmm. does that all sound to you? That sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, are there any questions mm-hmm. that you have for me at this juncture? Yeah, I actually
1: do have one. Um, I know that we are a hybrid kind of role um, and our offices are at WeWork. So how is the company culture like for you guys? And how do you guys create that um, with you know certain people being at home and then in the
0: office at WeWork? Yeah, no, it is definitely, I will say, it is something that we're constantly working on. And I don't know if we've 100% figured it out yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I also will say, I don't know if any company has 100% figured this out yet either. Yeah. Uh, the Because we do have employees, we, we did that thing during during COVID where we were like, well, this is an opportunity to hire people from anywhere. And we did that. And then now we do have, If we are now hiring just in the New York city area or primarily at least 90% in the New York city Mm -hmm. area. But we do have a lot of employees that are, you know, spread throughout the U S and so there's definitely, um, we do try to, we are talking about having an all, um, company on site where we get everybody together. So that's something we're going to start implementing, um, at least once a year and we do try to have some really good team bonding things. We um we do try to we just got our series B funding so I think that'll um provide a little bit more uh funds for us to do a little bit more of those um team collaboration and team bonding opportunities. The uh it is definitely like a go-go-go kind of uh, atmosphere, but it's also a definitely a group of people that are really kind and caring about each other and really do... Um, really care about each other's well-being and and making sure that they're checking in with people and making sure that people have the bandwidth to have that work-life balance. I also mm-hmm. will note our Slack channel is very lively. So if you um it's almost like you can't keep up. Uh that's one thing I will note is like if I'm off you know for a day and I come back, like I I've missed a whole bunch of funny um, things that have happened for, for a whole day, but it's, it's definitely a lively place even run in remote world. Um, and I think that you would definitely, you know, I think the empathy design aspect would fit in really well with the team. Um, and I think you'll feel that when you meet the team as well. I'm excited. Awesome. Great. Uh, Any other questions you have for me? Um,
1: not at the moment. Uh, it sounds wonderful. I'm so excited to meet um, with other, you know, people who are in this um, company. So yeah, thank you
0: so much for having me and interviewing me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was a pretty good okay. experience from my, from my side. But I want to <laughs> ask you how you felt things went.
1: Um, I think it went well, um, aside from my, me sweating, um, I feel like I can talk a little bit slower, um, during some, some, um, questions, but yeah, yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I didn't notice that. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. It's possible I didn't catch it and maybe somebody else would have. I'm get, I'll listen back <laughs> later because it is recorded. <laughs> but uh, you can listen back and listen to yourself. But yeah. I didn't catch that. I, I actually thought you did pretty great. Uh, I've been Thank pretty <laughs> fortunate with the people that I've recorded and not having to. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I have a few pieces of feedback, but they're not really very. Uh, none of them are really all that big. Uh mm-hmm. I'll dive right in and tell you if yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm excited. So the the first one is, and this is actually could just come down to the fact that I sent you a job description and maybe you're just not interested or maybe you mm-hmm. are and I'm not, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware. But I did notice that the reference to the fashion industry a lot and I and I didn't know if that's mm-hmm. just because you have that experience in the past or yeah. if that's where, and it's, and you're only, and you want to keep continuing down that, but cause you did mention that you want to mm-hmm. do thi- you and you really did run this home that you want to do work in, um, that it's mission driven. And I got mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely got that, but I feel like even just making that statement, if you are interested in doing something outside of the fashion industry, even just making that statement really, cause, cause it crossed my mind and somebody who, might get fixated on it. And I, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I let it go, but I just know some recruiters and some people might fixate if they don't hear that explicit statement. Like I am okay with leaving, but I don't know if you are. So I guess I should ask, are you open to leaving the fashion industry? I want to leave the fashion
1: industry. (laughs) Um, Okay. But I wasn't so, yeah. I mean, when i actually do go on like interviews um that's one of the questions that i have in back in the back of my mind as well um how much is too much talking about my previous experience because you know a lot of the questions that i'm being asked like if i had any challenges um during any work you know experience i feel like a lot of them might stem from my previous background, just because I was in it for so long. Um, besides like the IDP project and like the projects I'm working on um, in Springboard currently. Um, so is it just like a matter of like, I want to strive away from fashion? Um, or is it just like not talking about those experiences at all?
0: I think it's good to, to explicitly say I, I went mm-hmm. to okay. Springboard to get a career pivot And although I have gained a lot of experience that from my time in fashion that is really Mm -hmm. valuable and I can Mm -hmm. leverage that experience in my future roles, as far as the industry goes that I want to um, work in, it's no longer in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Yes. I have to keep that in mind. Okay. That was, that's actually a good,
0: um, good idea. Uh, And then. So I, I think it's good to just mm. highlight that because I, I I think I left a little bit unsure, but I did know that you, mm-hmm. I I felt that I could deduce from the fact that you wanted to be mission driven and not that there isn't mission driven within the fashion because you can find it. It's just mm-hmm. probably a little bit more like, you know, because there's sustainable fashion and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. The thing that I really got from you, and I just want to say this as a real big positive was that word empathy. I got it a lot from you. And I feel like with, and I I think I even said it during the interview, which, and it's, I feel like with a user experience designer, it's a really valuable thing because what you're ultimately doing is you're creating experiences based off of the human factor and, mm-hmm. um, tapping into, Really, that the empathy piece is really essential, and I don't think I've ever talked to a, a user experience designer that had used that word so much where it didn't feel overused, but I def- but mm-hmm. they definitely ran it home, and so I, I really wanted to give you major props for that. I felt that Thank was you. something that you did really well, and that I got. Uh, a lot from you. And I, and I did notice that on your resume too, that the empathy mapping, I, I don't think I've ever really acknowledged that on a resume before. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, okay. And that's, that's why I asked you about it. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that was just another way of running that home that I really liked. One thing that I wish I had more information on was your wireframing at Springboard. You, you oh. started with this statement that was, we did so much wireframing." And then it felt a little lean in the response. But then mm. I also, one, one of the things that we do as recruiters is sometimes <clears throat> we we end up with this thing where we're like, okay, I know I want more, but I don't know exactly what to ask for at this moment, at this very mm. moment in time, because I've got like three seconds before I need to ask another question. And I'm like, you know, okay, I just yeah. got to move on. and And so we do that. And so I feel felt like I wanted more, but I didn't quite know exactly where to drive it. So I just moved on, and no. I feel like a lot of recruiters probably won't admit that out loud that they just leave it <laughs> because of that. But I'm going to in this moment admit it. I so I feel like I don't know what it was that I wanted, but I felt like I want I wanted more.
1: Yeah, I feel like. I don't know. I wasn't really sure how to answer that question. And it was blank and broad, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't sure like where, like if I should take it, um, uh, I guess like how I interpret, you know, like the question. So yeah, I don't really remember. Actually, I I have to go back into the video, but yeah, maybe I should have emphasized more on like what I did, I guess, with the wireframing and like how it helped my projects. Maybe
0: it can be anything. I when I asked that question, it was the most broadest <laughs> form of the question possible, which could okay. also have just thrown you for like a loop because you're like, where do I even go? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I'm not a subject matter expert in that field, and a lot of things that recruiters <clears> do <throat> is we are. We're really good at gauging whether or not you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If we don't know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> so we're experts at like BS radar. And so that's what we're really gauging a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to hear you talk more, um, so that I could just about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and about your experience. So when you go back, you'll, you'll see, it was very, the question I asked was, tell me, it was like, tell me about your experience in wireframing. It was literally mm-hmm. like, like the broadest yeah. question I could have asked.
1: I think I kind of went in a way where it's like, um, because I didn't work with engineers, I tried to kind of pivot in a way where it's like, yeah, uh, I do a lot of wireframing and that's like a form of like communication across teams. So I kind of try to um, bridge it that way, but yes, <laughs> I really didn't know what else to say about that, to be honest,
0: but yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad critique. It was just like, I just mm-hmm. wish I had a little bit more. I thought you did really good with the cross-functional team aspect the and and answering and you were honest about you not having experience working with engineers. I think it's really good to just lean in and be honest when you don't mm-hmm. have experience with something. I do think that if you did get a question where somebody asked you if you had experience working with, like let's say engineers, you could probably leverage. If if you weren't asked or cross functional teams, mm-hmm. you could probably leverage that or cross functional in your in your response in the future just giving Mm -hmm. you a tidbit just like a little nugget there um you you did that that's just mostly like me giving you a tip the uh you you handled it immensely grand like it was perfect I I don't I I, I think you did a fantastic job oh the compensation yes I felt (laughs) I felt you leaned a little low Really? For the market. Oh. But I know you were giving a broad range. I know you were just giving a range. that could have been anything. I don't know. We we said we were going to do that. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to state it. I'm going to state for the record out there, for New York City, for entry-level design, I would still go a little higher. I'm just going to put it okay. out in the, in the ether. Yeah, I wanted to. So for me as a recruiter, I wanted to like say, you know, you could go a little higher. And I usually do in, in other, in other mm. um, interviews. And I... I I probably should have this time, but I just didn't forget for sake of time because we were running a little long. But uh and I just wanted I probably should have. But I know we were giving a blank range anyway. So I again I'm just putting it out there. I would lean a yeah. little, little bit higher. That's probably the range if yeah. you were working in like the Midwest, if you were going um into uh, design.
1: I'm always afraid to say such like a higher number. I don't know. I think it's just me in the back of my mind. Like, I just don't, I'm afraid if it's like too high, then they'd kind of like, you know, get taken back. Um, but that's, yeah, that's something that I need to work on and to just like be more forward with that.
0: What I, a great, a great <laughs> way to go about this is to give a broader range. But I do mm-hmm. know, um, I do know in California, you have to if there is a range, and you ask what the, what the range is, they have to state what they have to provide it to you. And I think mm-hmm. New York has a uh, similar laws. I don't know if you, they have to provide it to you, but I do know there's very similar laws. And so, mm-hmm. um, just ask. It's starting to become the the norm that people that companies are going by the laws that are the in the strictest state because there's so much remote work that my guidance is just to to flip it back to the company and say, um, you know, I, you know, I never know what to provide here and I don't want to disqualify myself from the role, but obviously I would like to not underbid myself either. You know, do you have a stated range for the position?
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That would that would happen a
0: good way, yes. Oh yeah, but I that's that's my guidance, um, yes. just to make sure. And I always feel like I want to provide that guidance, particularly to women, because of my experience, um, with negotiations and compensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, women always lean a little bit more reluctant than men do, and so that's why I'm always like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it. Thank than that. you. Yeah, uh, Yeah. You were fantastic. I would, I would put you forward for the job. I really would. I would put you forward for another interview. (laughs) I would, you would be in the pool to go forward. I would love to hear any feedback you have for me as an interviewer. I thought you made it really comfortable. Like I was not, although I'm
1: sweating um, the, the questions were pretty like standard. They were easy to understand. Um, And yes, the whole compensation you know, that always makes me very nervous. So just like hearing your feedback and like, you know, giving me the push to not be so reluctant um, is definitely what I needed to hear because I think, yeah, even being in the fashion industry, I've always been a little bit, you know, more reluctant and like not as forward. Um, So it's, it's really nice to hear that, especially from you. So thank you so much.
0: (laughs) It's my pleasure. Well, I think that's everything uh, I have for you, unless you have anything else for me.
1: No, I think this was awesome. I I wish this was real.
0: <laughs> 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 me too. I really do. Um, but I, you know, I really do appreciate you doing this. It is a brave thing to do. And, um, you know, just putting yourself out there for others to listen to and learn from the experience. And I, you know. I hope this was a good learning experience for you as well Definitely. um and uh yeah thank you tiffany i you. um if you need anything you know where to find me other than that uh, <laughs> just thank you for today thank you so much i had so much fun <laughs> Thank you for listening today. I hope you gained some valuable insights from today's episode of The Job Interview. I'm looking forward to bringing you more interviews and content. For more information on The Job Interview podcast and my other podcast series on meaningful stories that affect women, that life and work, please visit thebossysauce.com.